Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Chad Millman, and today we have Colin Wilson and Stucky, our college football experts, host on the Action Network podcast. They are quickly becoming baseball and golf experts, and we're going to talk about what life is starting to look like for the fall. Plus, in a few minutes, back by popular demand, NBA experts from the Action Network, Justin Fan and Matt Moore, are going to join the show. They have been part of the Action Crew doing NBA bet streams on League Pass during the restart. And look, they've been insightful. They've been fun. They've been great for betters. Chemistry between the two of them is fantastic. Uh, we're going to bring them back because pretty soon the bubble is going to head into the playoff portion of the restart. And uh, we want to get their sense on what you should be looking at. Also, it's a reminder that two weeks ago when they were on, we asked fans to rate and review the podcast. Those who did and used the winning phrase, jump on the fan wagon, in their review were eligible to win a free Action Network subscription. We had loads and loads of reviews. Thank you for that. Later in the show, we will reveal our winner. Also, we are doing another phrase that pays contest, the same practice. Go rate and review the podcast using the phrase, this is appropriate, I feel for Colin and Stucky. That's because in our action world, our greatest joy is hearing Colin and Stucky talk about college football. If we choose your review on the next podcast, you will win a free Action Network hoodie. We will all need something to keep us warm on the cold and lonely Saturdays that we have to spend pumpkin picking or looking at foliage in the fall. And by the way, I mentioned the Action Network podcast. Do not forget to go listen to that. We've got new episodes nearly every day covering NFL fantasy with Chris Raybon, Sean Corner, Matthew Friedman. We've got NFL betting with uh, Stucky and Raybon. We've got golf every Tuesday with Jason Sobel and Peter Jennings. And now joining me in sadness and despair, Colin Wilson and Stucky. Boys, what the freak are we going to do? Mountain West, done. Mac, done. Colin, I want to start with you. Mac, that's like for a better is as crushing as the Big Ten or Big 12 or anyone else deciding to cancel. It came at me fast. Like the Mountain West is one thing with Hawaii, the late night Hawaii sweats. You know, I mean, I'm really kind of saving myself money with no Hawaii football games. That doesn't hurt as bad as the Mac because the Mac is just pure, utter chaos. 
Tuesdays, Wednesdays. And you think about all the election years. How many times did I parlay Obama with Toledo or the state of Minnesota with Bush? And like that election day parlay is just gone now that Maction's gone. Stuck. I'm not learning how to golf bet. I am deep into baseball. Uh, I just follow Josh Perry, and uh, who is an Action Network contributor. And the first like three weeks, I bet he I tailed a 120, 225 to one shot. So like I am free rolling golf right now. So shout to Mr. Perry. And if you haven't checked out his content, do so. Also, a plug for another podcast. We're recording a baseball one today. Talk about the you know the new hitting environment, the new betting rules, all the craziness. That'll be out by the time this is out. So make sure you check that out as well with myself, Colin and Zerillo. Um, Yeah, I'm depressed. I mean, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. Sometimes in life, you make some decisions without properly weighing the opportunity cost. And I probably did that this summer. I mean, it was, I was heartbroken after March Madness was having a great college basketball year. had so much prepared for March Madness. That gets canceled. I kind of went into a hermit state and was just reading. I did nothing. I didn't, wasn't leave my house. I was just reading books taking my break. And then I got the itch again. And I said, you know what? I'm going to become the most prepared I've ever been. There's no tennis going on. There's no baseball, you know, capping and sweating, all that, watching the market. I'm going to become the most prepared I've ever been for college football in my life. So, I mean, I went, I've showed Colin some of my notes. I have just notebooks full of notes that I was going to then translate into, uh, into onto my computer. And I should have not done that and waited um, so I'm hoping at this point we get anything. The good thing about no Mac, it's kind of like with the pirates Cardinals series being postponed right now when the, I love baseball and I want it to keep happening. But when the pirates aren't playing, I'm saving money by not betting them. When the Mac isn't happening, I'm saving money by not betting on Akron games. So I'm trying to take the optimistic view, but at this point, I'm just hoping for anything. Well, I think you guys are all sort of preaching in the same in the same choir for all the college football fans. It's remarkable to me how sort of it's become one of these things where if you report bad news that might be coming, you are also against college football wanting to restart and actually have some kind of influence on the outcome. And the other day, Stucky, someone on Twitter came after you because you are not using your influence to make sure college football happens. Yeah, I, there's been like 10 or 15 people. I just called out one in particular. They're saying, I'm not using my voice. I'm a puppet of Peter Chernin. And they they included me in, in the same tweet as Big Cat. Uh, I mean, I have like 35,000 followers. And I hate to break it to somebody, but I have zero influence on whether any conference or college football happens. Because I can tell you that my company, my job, my college football podcast would all do a lot better if college football happens. So, yeah, people are, are crazy right now. The country's obviously as polarized as ever in every possible topic. Uh, it's even reached here. But uh, unless I'm going to go out and raise, you know, millions and millions of dollars and give them to these conferences, because I think ultimately money still makes the decision whether it's liability or lost revenue. I have no say. I tried to call to get in on the MAC vote. They didn't they wouldn't let me through. Colin, you keep shaking your head and rubbing your hands. I can see you doing it on Zoom. Uh, I'm I'm going crazy here. Like I have so many. I I don't want to get into the whole should they or should they not. And and really personally, I want to see football being played because I don't know what to do with my life. I once convinced my five year old his birthday was actually on a Sunday instead of Saturday just so I could watch football. So I don't know what to do if there's no football. But at the same time, 
With the FCS and FBS canceling, not only do all the players not play, but we have 2,500 plus coaches that won't be, that possibly won't be exposed and possibly, you know, nothing catastrophic happens. So personally, do I want it? I would love to have it. I need it. I think the SEC is going to play. I made up my mind last night when Mark Emmert came out and said it is up to each individual institution to make their decision. The SEC is going to find a way to play. And Nebraska, who's had problems with the Big Ten since they left, I mean, they left the Big 12 because Texas was taking all the damn TV revenue and they were tired of it. And now you see Scott Frost come out there. He's just not saying that because he's rah-rah. He's saying that because I think Nebraska's wanted to break away from the Big Ten period and go back to their roots and their fan base and be the old Big Eight days. It's much more deep-seated than I just want my players to play. Nebraska literally wants an all-star cast for a schedule and to break away from the Big Ten. So there's a lot going on right now. All right, so they, I have two questions. Number one, do we see a scenario where Ohio State goes to play in the SEC this year? Do we see a scenario where Nebraska goes to play in the Big 12 this year? In my opinion, if you have the money, the donors to support testing and the, and the revenue is there and the boosters are there, you're going to be able to play. And the teams that can play will play because that, that, you know, Players and coaches are spokes on the wheel and college football is a huge money generator. And I know this, we want to, you know, we want to play. I know it's now become politicized. Uh, you know, I, I hope the players get what they're asking for. They definitely need some sort of protection or a union, or they need to have some sort of extra compensation. But at the same time, college football is going to happen if it's left up to the presidents. Some of them are going to say yes. Some of them are going to say no. And then we're going to see some really interesting pods. Pods is a big word around college football about, uh, you know, forming your own on-the-fly conference. Stuck, what do you think? What does the world look like if Ohio State is in the SEC? I, I don't think they would go to the SEC. They'd probably go to maybe like the Big 12 or something or another conference that's playing. Um, or like, you know, for, like Collins had formed this pod of other teams that want to play. That don't. I mean, like the – the what, we have like Conference USA, so they're going to play, but Old Dominion isn't. So, I mean, there's there's so much – still to be determined i'm just shocked that colin if you're going to move the kid's birthday from saturday why not move it to tuesday i mean it's sunday in the fall you might as well just move it another couple of days to the dead day of the week let me maybe tell there, all maybe of there was a mac game on that tuesday let, let me tell everybody because my sons were born on october 5th and 8th if you're in your 20s or 30s and you're starting a family avoid the last week of january stay away from your wife or anything <laughs> right just wait until april or may to get that stuff going oh my uh, god yeah my, my thoughts are just it's like most things and where there's money involved, you just, it's all going to come down to the money. At first it was college football is going to find a way because of the financial implications, not only of the, of, you know, for these institutions, but for the other programs within those institutions, but also like there's a lot of towns that rely on college football, a lot, you know, bars, restaurants, all of that. But now the conversation has shifted to long-term health liability. There's no collective bargaining agreement. These aren't paid athletes you know, the, you know, players unionizing. So now like money on the other side for the no is coming into play here. And that's kind of the struggle right now. And who can figure it out um, and how? I I don't know. My question to everything college football right now is I, I don't know until there's an announcement on certain things. And and if college football doesn't happen, it's college basketball. And that depresses me. Two marches without March Madness is I, I don't want to live in that world. But I would love college football to start as early as possible. But I think it's also... You know, and you're still you have these teams that come out and say we're still going to play the first week of September. While the SEC actually said we're going to start, you know, late September. I think pushing everything back until like mid September, and then you build in maybe a couple extra bye weeks for a shorter schedule is smart because we've had shortened preparation, but also 
let's get everyone back on campus and see how it goes. And because the last thing you want to do is you start it too early and something goes wrong and then you cancel everything. You, you also want to keep in mind, you want to build in some buffers and some flexibility in the schedule, but you're, you're missing two to three possible games for everyone this year. From a gambling standpoint, I hope it does come back. I mean, week one, considering the amount of hours, I mean, they are really shrinking the amount of hours these college teams are going to have to prep. The missed tackles are just going to be at an all-time high. The defenses are not going to have enough reps. They're not going to have enough time with their coordinators, but their form is going to be so terrible uh, because of their limited amount of practice time. Like, you can't simulate real-time speed. When Alabama's receivers hit the field, I don't know who they're playing week one, but you can't simulate that in your practice, and you've had limited practices. There will be more busted plays in college football in week one than any other year, any other week. I would love for that to happen. I made One of the things I did over that month is I, I built my own personal ranking, like COVID rankings, based on you know coaching turnover, who's coming back, returning production, who missed spring, who didn't get spring, and basically said, all right, here's the teams that are going to be hurt the most, scheme changes all the way down to the teams that aren't going to feel the effect as much. And so, yeah, having that edge, I think, and that information would, would be, it's even going to be more critical if they do start uh, in early September. All right, quick reminders. We are doing another phrase that pays contest. Go rate and review the podcast using the phrase, I feel for Colin and Stucky. Uh, if we choose your review, you will win a free Action Network hoodie. We're all going to need something to keep us warm this fall if we don't get college football. But I will say, you guys are actually giving me more optimism that I might see some kind of college football. Not because I think you guys potentially know more than anybody else who's reporting anything, but the idea that there are outliers, there are the Nebraskas, there are the Iowas who allegedly voted to play. There are schools like Ohio State that are like the fandom and the coaches are pushing one way makes me feel like, all right, if we can get a collection of 10 to 20 teams that are interested in getting together and playing, then maybe we do get some kind of games. It's going to happen. I mean, the, I can't imagine the SEC, no matter if it's a coach or it's a group of players, the only way they're not going to play is if we actually get up to game day and half the team is sequestered. And even then, I think they'd still play if they could field 11 guys for offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, I think SEC is going to make it happen, and that means the ACC is going to join them, and I think the Big 12 can be swayed in, and that leaves Nebraska and Ohio State to go make their own path. Yeah, I mean, this, those if you have SEC, Big 12, and ACC – at the minimum, and then you have this fourth conference of like the you know a hodgepodge of all the other teams from other conferences, and we get that every Saturday, um, spread it out. I will be ecstatic, and I still think there's a possibility of it. What is a long way to go? Like? What does the world look like? Last question for you guys: What does the world look like if you've got sort of the SEC playing? and the ACC playing, but there's really there really are only, say, 20 or 30 teams to handicap going into a Saturday. Colin, like, I know what your schedule is like. I know the dedication you put into to sort of building models and looking at every number. What does that do to your life? What do you think that – does that make it easier? 
I think it makes it tougher because the Vegas bookmakers are excellent on power five teams and power rating them because they have eyeballs on those teams where Stucky and I make our bread and butter is in the Mac is in the mountain West is with totals with army, army totals, Navy totals come out too high, too low. Uh, You know, there's 130 teams and that's impossible to keep track of for, and I know the process of what the Vegas bookmakers are going through by the time Hawaii gets done at one o'clock in the morning to the time they post numbers at noon, the next day in Vegas, they're scrambling and they're browsing box scores as to where I'm deep diving box scores and they make mistakes. And now there's not that many games. They're not going to make as many mistakes. It's going to be a little bit tougher. Stuck. Yeah. I mean, if there is no college football or if it's, you know, a limited schedule. I mean, the one good thing with our, our college football podcast, we don't have to worry about going over as we do every week, <laughs> way less things that's way less things to talk about. Um, you know, it'll obviously from a work perspective, it'll, it would be, a break, but one that I wouldn't enjoy. I mean, I'm, I'm doing NFL and college football um, and baseball playoffs in the fall. So obviously I'll still, I would be able to dedicate more time to baseball, um, more time to tennis. The one thing I fear a little bit is if there's no college football, NFL is one of my strongest sports, but I don't, I take a, you know, there's only a certain amount of games each week. You can go down so many, there's so much information on the NFL out there that I have a good approach where I, I stay to myself and I, I kind of have my own approach. And, and uh, I, I, I fear that if there is no college football, would I start overthinking and go way too down rabbit holes for NFL and, uh, you know, just trying to occupy my mind. The good thing is the one thing that I'm most worried about, if there's no college football, baseball needs to just, I don't know what's going to happen with the Cardinals and these outbreaks, but needs to find a way to just complete the season through October. And then I got to make a decision on what I, where college basketball is. I can start doing those numbers a lot earlier, which is something I got to do in the fall. So it'll open up more time for me, but I love college football. I hope we get as many games as possible, but there will always be things to bet and uh, always be ways to fill time with uh, betting content. You know what? I'm coming out of this feeling more optimistic than I did going in. That's what I'm going to, that's how I'm feeling. I appreciate well, if you, if you, Chad, if you're going to leave your decision making in life up to SEC presidents, you're always going to get a yes. So <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's one of the things that I keep talking about as well. And, but yeah, I think that there's, you might as well be optimistic about it. All of this is out of our control. Nobody knows. If I got through March after that getting canceled, I still have the last game of March that got canceled midway through the first half, the St. John's Creighton. I saw that on my DVR. I went back and watched it the other day just to see how crazy everything was. If I can get through that, we'll find a way to get through this. And uh, college football will be back eventually. Hopefully we get just some version of it this year. I can't wait to see the max ratings in the spring blow XFL out of the water. Like I really think that that's a strong possibility that the Mac is going to be the king of all spring football. So I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, you could also have spring, we could also spring college football where we get NFL Saturdays and Sundays. You know, if there's no college football, NFL scooping up those prime those cable spots. Um, we'll have football on Saturdays. I'm still confident in the NFL, and then we could have spring college football. I don't know what that looks like with all the stars going the draft, but that's a conversation for another day. I'm still Ma- I'm still hoping for something in the fall. Action for everybody, Colin Wilson, Stucky. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Reminder to everybody, go leave a five-star review for the favorites. Includes the phrase, include the phrase, I feel for Stucky and Colin. Uh, We love listening to them on the College Football Podcast on the Action Network. Use the phrase, we'll randomly choose the winner, and they get a free 
Action Network hoodie. Coming up next on the podcast, NBA experts Matt Moore and Justin Pham, plus the winner of last week's Phrase That Pays contest. All right, as promised, Justin Fan and Matt Moore from the Action Network, NBA geniuses, they are joining me. Fellas, we are two weeks into the bubble. We've broadcast four games on NBA League Pass. This was essentially a bubble made for Ja Morant to face Zion Williamson. That is no longer going to happen. The Suns can't lose. Dame can't stop scoring. Giannis is headbutting people. TJ Warren is the next Michael Jordan. And Thomas Bryant is the next NBA superstar. Honest to God, this is why I freaking love the NBA. I I feel like this restart has been so much fun. Every day is like March Madness. Matt Moore, in a linear, succinct fashion, give me your takeaway. This has been so good. I want to change the format of the regular season to adjust for it. I want there to be relegation after 60 games. I want us to play 60 games, take a month, split the top 15 teams, have the bottom 15 play for a playoff spot because we need to recreate this energy. It's been awesome. I asked this morning on Twitter, how many of the best games of the year have been inside of the restart? The over-under is four and a half to five. Like that's, it's four and a half. Like it's been amazing and we need it every day of our lives. Justin, I kind of agree with him. Like, it would be so amazing if they could capture this energy that has been in the restart and translate it to the regular season, at least like use some of these experiments. And the NBA has been great about this. Like, they created something new for the All Star game, which had Kyle Lowry taking charges, right? And like, now all of a sudden we're in this sort of playoff type format, this seeding format, and it's amazing. Give me your takeaways. I mean, we've got four teams within half a game of each other heading into the final couple of days. I mean, it's lived up to the hype. This has been, like you said, the opportunity to showcase Zion as they made their playoff push. The Pels have just been an absolute disaster overall, and this has still been a phenomenal success. I mean, I can't say enough how exciting this has been. Devin Booker and the Suns going undefeated so far. I mean, there's been so many storylines. So many players have kind of emerged as stars in this format. Michael Porter Jr., Gary Trent Jr., all the juniors out there just making their seniors proud. So, I mean, I I freaking love it. I mean, I've this has been exhausting for me. I've never worked more in a week of my life just trying to figure out coaches' motivations, team motivations, who's playing, who's not. Um, But that adds to the fun and excitement of it all. All right, so Justin, a week ago, you said your... All NBA team was TJ Warren, Thomas Bryant, Michael Porter Jr., Gary Trent Jr., and Derek White. That was a week ago. Since then, I feel like some people have played themselves into the all-bubble team. But tell me if you'd like to, to update. I mean, I got I to gotta replace Derek White and Thomas Bryant for Devin Booker and Dane. I mean, there's like literally no choice. Those guys have just forced their way on it. Nobody expected the Suns to make this type of run. And it's been bizarro NBA because you have, you have the Suns going undefeated. At the same time, Luka's averaging a triple-double and TJ Warren looks like Michael Jordan. So like they gave TJ Warren up for cash considerations. They passed on Luka for DeAndre Ayton. And they're still at the same time thriving crazy to wrap your head around but man i mean michael porter jr tj warren dame lillard devin booker Gary Trent jr of course so that's look we had this conversation yesterday when we did the league pass broadcast matt moore i look at the suns and like i see devin booker i see deandre ayton and i think this team has sort of an inside outside opportunity with two young superstars 
all of a sudden, to me, they are very much in the conversation when it comes to the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Blazers, who I think are actually, believe it or not, getting a little older, missing their window. But like in the West, these young teams that can be super exciting. I love this Suns team. I love this Suns team. Like right now, if I had to buy sort of a Suns future for next year, let's say to win the Western Conference, I might do it just for fun. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a long way to go for a team that's still going to finish under 500, but I admire the bravado. Um, I do think that they, like, I love the over on the Suns win total this year, and I'm mad that's not going to cash because that was the, the biggest one that I put a position in on. I loved that team going in in terms of having veterans around Booker and Aiden. They got rid of a bunch of guys that didn't know what they were doing and got them guys that know what they're doing. And when you do that, you're going to play better. They got a good coach that knows what he's doing in Monty Williams. I think that the key for the Suns is going to be Booker is going to improve, but the improvements that he's going to make now between when now and when he's 30 are incremental. It's control of the game. It's understanding how to manipulate officials and which he was doing great yesterday, by the way, it's little things. Aiton's got a big improvement curve. He can get much better. Um, they need Mikhail Bridges to become like a top flight defender and three and D guy. And they're going to need Cam Johnson to contribute. They still need more. They're probably one piece away, but I do think that they have the potential to be a real a disruptor, I think in the Western conference. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see if they wind up getting into the play in what happens, because if it's Blazers Grizzlies, I absolutely think the Blazers are going to smash them. If it's Blazers sons. That's going to be something. Justin, give me your take on that. I, mean, I don't even think Aiden's playing that well relative to what he should be doing. He's averaging like 16 and 10 since he's been in Orlando, which isn't that great for him, honestly. And this team is still doing extremely well. I mean, they've been relying on guys like Javon Carter and tank commander Cameron Payne in that second unit who's taking command of that uh, backup point guard job. So I love what they're getting from the young guys. Mikhail Bridges has been excellent defensively. He's had some kind of big matchups and, and limited opposing uh, stars to, uh, you know, relatively quiet game. So this is a really fun team. They're still missing a couple guys too. You know, when they get healthy, uh, you know, Kelly Oubre, Aaron Baines, two vets that, uh, that are important parts of this, uh, this rotation. I- I'm liking their future. Yeah. So right now we're like so much time and energy is being spent to me on the bottom of the Western conference playoff race, right? Because the Blazers are lights out and Dame just seems pissed at everybody. And the Pels have fallen out. The Grizzlies were doing okay, but then Jaron Jackson is gone. The Suns cannot lose and Devin Booker's amazing. But none of these teams are going to be teams that sort of matter in the long run in the playoffs. If we look at the top, I'm looking specifically at the top of the Western Conference right now. LeBron and Matt Moore, you mentioned this in the Action Network podcast uh, this past week with Preston Johnson, LeBron had his sort of passive aggressive comments about the locker room. And then since he said that, like the team has played much, much better. He has played much, much better. You were a big buyer on the Lakers. You were a big buyer on the Lakers and the Bucks. I think meeting in the finals. I know Justin is a much bigger fan of the Clippers defend your Lakers position right now. I think it gets harder just because even though they played better the other night versus the Nuggets, I think in terms of overall chemistry and offensively, they still almost got beat by Denver's second unit. So, like, that's not a good look. Third unit, Matt. That's third be, unit. Be third, third unit. Third unit. But is Bull Bull ever a third unit? Um, I do think, though, that my big thing with, with the Lakers is just that their floor is very high. And in the first round, they're going to face 
either the Blazers or Suns who are going to have to have played either either in a play-in or an emotional like comeback. The Blazers' defense is so bad that it's hard to believe that they're going to be able to pose a real challenge. Um, I'm, I'm working that around in my head this morning, whether the Blazers can do the unthinkable. But after that, you know, if it's Houston, that gets really interesting. Like, I think the, the road for the Lakers actually is tougher um, on paper as it stands right now because it's likely to be Blazers, Houston, and then Clippers. And those are three really tough opponents. They're going to play, you know, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and James Harden and Russell Westbrook. That's a lot to put in front, I think, of a team. But I do think that the Lakers all season have had a great combination of defense and offense. They have weapons. They have LeBron and AD. And they have enough shooters, I think, still around them to make something happen offensively enough to get them by. I am not so much overly confident in the Clipper or in the Lakers right now as I am still not able to talk myself onto the Clippers bandwagon. Justin, why are you still back in the Clippers? When I look up top at what's happened in Orlando, I'm not liking what I'm seeing from Milwaukee and from the Lakers so far. On the Milwaukee side, I'm still concerned about Bud's insistence and honestly stubbornness to stick with his drop coverage. I mean, we saw this with Dallas, with Boston, two recent games they dropped. He just sticking to it and they're, they're giving up these open jumpers after open jumpers. You can get hot and beat this team. We've talked about this before. Miami, Boston with their shooters, they can give this Bucks team some problems. I'm still not buying this Bucks team um, as a legit contender. And I think they're very vulnerable um, out East and this Lakers team. How can you be optimistic? They had trouble closing with their starters versus the Nuggets third unit the other night. They were actually trying hard to win the game. You can see LeBron was really engaged and really into it. And they still had to had to come away with the win off of Kyle Kuzma buzzer beater. I mean, it's crazy uh, how this Lakers team is looking. I'm still not sold on their depth beyond AD and LeBron. Um, Their offense has looked atrocious. I agree with Matt that, the Clippers still have a lot of question marks. Montrez Harrell has not played a game in Orlando. They're, you know, Patrick Beverly's out um, with a strained calf. They have a lot of questions, but you know, they, there still have been some encouraging things like Paul George and Kawhi have both look great. Um, Jermichael Green has been a nice little, um, you know, uh, surprise so far for them. I think he could be an important piece in in smaller lineups. Zubac has looked great. So, you know, if you look at the top three teams, the Clippers, the Lakers. Um, and the Bucks, the one team that hasn't really disappointed so far, in my opinion, in Orlando, are the Clippers. So by default, um, I'm feeling a little better about them. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the Bucks, right? So it, actually, let me finish the West because we did not talk about the Rockets enough. And to me, from the beginning, the Rockets have been the team that is most interesting. And if you're looking to make a futures bet on a team that does not have to worry about going on the road in the playoffs – like give me James Harden and Russell Westbrook in sort of neutral environments against the Clippers and against the Lakers. I feel like that's where I'm finding some future value. Yeah. And you always want the team that that increases the variance as a underdog. You know, they, they can shoot 50, 60 threes a game. They get hot. They hit, they hit, you know, 38, 40% and, and they're right in any game. Um, and, I, I like what I'm seeing from D'Antoni. He's actually starting to rest his guys. We saw uh, James Harden get Tuesday's game off. Uh, Russell Westbrook sitting out Wednesday. They're getting Eric Gore finally after an absence. He's coming back Wednesday. So things are trending in the right direction for this team. Jeff Green's playing some good minutes. Austin, we had an Austin Rivers game the other night. So 
uh, yeah, the, the, the Rockets are still that team in the West that um, if you want to take a long shot, they're by far the, the, the clear choice for me. All right, Matt Moore, again on the Action Network podcast last week, and this helps us switch to the East a little bit uh, with Preston Johnson. You talked about finals matchups, and Justin just made a great case for why the Bucks are probably not a team you should be betting on to make the finals from the East. And you guys have both said a bunch, like, look at the Heat, look at the Celtics. Now the Sixers are a lot different because they don't have Ben Simmons and they haven't been playing well, especially Joel Embiid and Tito Horford together are not that good on the floor. So there's a huge, like the Eastern Conference feels wide open to me. God, the NBA is so good right now. It's so much fun. But give me the case for a Rockets-Celtics matchup, Matt Moore, in the finals. So it comes down to this. If Justin and I are kind of in alignment that we're probably going to be betting the Heat either in the series price or per game versus the Bucks in the second round, that we like that matchup a lot. Bucks play drop. They play that drop coverage. They don't just play a drop versus pick and roll. They do it on off-screen actions too, which means that the Heat, who run the most handoffs and are the best handoff team in the NBA, are coming around those screens and bombing with Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn and Jimmy Butler. And, even, and if they don't, they use the slip action with Kelly Olynyk, and he's a good shooter. They have all these shooters, right? And that's what killed Milwaukee last year is they couldn't hit shots, and Toronto did. And the Heat have, I think, the most shooting around them. But if they get past the Bucks, with the Sixers now not having Ben Simmons, that hurts their ability to get past Boston. So now Boston faces Toronto, who I think they match up very well with. And then in the Eastern Conference Finals, you'd have Heat versus Boston. And Boston's defense is much more versatile. They have the shooters to keep up with Miami. So now you have like this real opportunity for Boston to suddenly come out of the Eastern Conference. And if you take them uh, on the, the finals matchups, like at, at BetMGM, you can get Celtics Clippers at plus 2,200 and Celtics Lakers at plus 2,000. Like those are just really good numbers for what you're looking at in terms of trying to maximize your value. The Eastern Conference odds for the, for the Celtics, I think, are you know, they're, they're plus 550 to win the Eastern Conference. That's pretty good numbers as well. Um, I don't know if that's better than just betting them round by round, but I do feel like there's reason to go ahead and buy in. The problem, though, is you basically have to figure out the sequence of order. And the big one that I think you have to determine is, uh, will the Raptors beat the Celtics? Will the Celtics beat the Raptors? And how do the Heat match up with those two? And I wind up believing that of those three teams, the Celtics are the best, and that's why um, I'm probably going to put it in a position on the Celtics. Justin, fire away. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that line of reasoning because if you think the if you think the Heat can give the Bucks some problems, maybe pull off the upset, and it ends up being Celtics Raptors. Celtics have gone three and one in the regular. And they they match up really well. The one Achilles heel for the Celtics team is if they face a true post big man like Joel Embiid that can give him problems. You look at this Toronto side; they have Marcus Sol, Serge Ibaka. Big men that like to space it out, shoot from shoot jumpers. They don't really have a true post threat. Um, Pascal Siakam does a little bit of everything. He isn't quite that Joel Embiid. So that weakness, that you know, at that center position is not exposed um, as much as it should be. So uh, Kemba Walker, he said he's feeling great. His minutes limit has been increased. Um, they have a lot of weapons and depth. Uh, you know, Kemba. Gordon Hayward has looked great. And then you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So, and Marcus Smart, the ultimate wild card. So I, I think that Celtics Clippers, uh, you know, finals matchup is, is a good investment to make. Just kind of, if you kind of play out the East and all these matchups and how they can go. Um, 
I, I am very bullish on the Raptors in general, but not as optimistic about them when they have to go up against the Celtics team. All right, Justin Fan, Celtics Clippers final. Can I say that is your final answer? I mean, I'm going to talk all this snack about the Bucks, but I still think they have enough to, to make it to the finals. Um, I think the Heat are going to give them a real sweat, maybe take them a six, um, maybe seven. Uh, but I, I think they'll have enough to emerge out of the East. Um, but I think it'd just be a lot closer than people think. And it would be a bad bet based on their um, their price to, to bet them to, to win the East or to, to make the final. Because I think they're a lot more vulnerable than, than people think. But I'll still take them. And my finals match will be Clippers versus Bucks with the Clippers winning. Nobody becomes a legend betting chalk. I mean, I'm fading the most chalky team right now, the Lakers, right? They're the, they're the favorite. All right, Matt Moore, give me your final answer. Uh, my final answer is to take Lakers, Celtics, Lakers, Clippers as a package and then wait to bet the Bucks as an underdog in the finals. Wow, that is next level st- strategy and planning right there. This is like watching you guys and Chris Raybon on Leap Pass where you are trying to figure out like, when are you going to bet the live line? on whichever sort of price is going to be amazing, which was awesome when you guys were doing it all in League Pass. But I like the way you're thinking there, Matt Moore. That is really real. That is next level betting right there. You've learned so much in the past couple of years. I'm proud. I really have. I'm a proud parent. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Guess what, guys? Uh, two weeks ago, the last time you guys joined the podcast to talk NBA, we asked fans to rate and review the podcast. Those who did and used the winning phrase, jump on the fan wagon in their review were eligible to win a free action network sub. We had loads and loads of reviews. So thank you to everybody for that. In a second, we will reveal the winner, but first don't forget we are doing another phrase that pays uh, same practice. Go rate and review the podcast using the phrase. I feel for Colin and Stucky our two action network college football geniuses in our action world, we love nothing more than listening to those two talking college football. We're hoping we get it. Use the phrase, and we will randomly choose the winner to get a free Action Network hoodie. But finally, the winner of last week's contest, winning an Action Network subscription, Evan Jacoby, at Evan Jacoby on Twitter. He wrote, you all need to jump on the fan wagon for this NBA season ASAP and subscribe to the favorites. You're in good hands with this squad for betting trends in all sports. And by the way, he's spelled fan wagon, P-H-A-N-W-A-G-O-N. Well done, getting Justin Fan's name spelled right. Evan Jacoby, we will reach out and we will give you your free subscription. Thank you to Justin Fan, Matt Moore, Colin Wilson, and Stucky. This has been The Favorites. Subscribe, rate, review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, love you. 